Man, y'all look good. Everybody up in the balcony, y'all look amazing. Woo, that's a good place to say amen. amen. Come on, it's good to see y'all today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Cody, and it's my joy and honor to bring the word today. But can we just stop and can we give God some real praise for just a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all are like so amped up, I didn't even tell you what we're praising about. Come on, I like it. Anybody excited about football season? <laughs> I like it. I was like, I don't even need to go. You all are like ready to go today. I love it. Hey, uh, real quick, before I go any further, I just want to take a quick second. Some of y'all may, may know, may, maybe you don't know, but um, man, we're, it's our joy and honor to be here at Gateway and uh, be headed to plant a church out in New Braunfels, y'all. We're so excited about that. And I got a little bit of our crew out there, guys. Come on, will you wave at everybody? Come on, some of our new B crews out there. Made the drive over. Man, those guys have been with us from the beginning. That's actually, that crew is where it all started about a year and a half ago where God just, uh, just, just did something. And it's awesome to see God do some things. Are you ready to get in the Word? Yeah. Are you ready? Joshua 24 and 15, as you turn there, let me just make sure I set a couple of my ground rules. Some of you have heard me preach. Some of you, this may be your first time and say, welcome to Gateway Fellowship Church. All right. If this happens to be your first time or you just need a reminder, hey, listen, I have two rules when I preach. Even if you're online, you must obey these rules. Okay. The first one is this. I am what we call a talk back preacher. That means if you want to get, a, get to lunch today, you must talk back to me. Okay, if you grow up, grew up in church where you got in trouble for breathing too loud, you know what I'm saying? Where like if you were breathing a little too loud, you got that pinch on the back of the neck, you know, the pinch and then the twist. Anybody ever been there? Come on, this is not that church. We're going to have fun today. We believe that the kingdom of God is fun. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we're going to have a lot of life in here. Amen? So that you can, you can say whatever you want to me. We're going to practice, but you can say amen, hallelujah, that's good. Or maybe you're really Pentecostal and you might be like, walk that dog, preacher. Whatever it is, we're just going to have some fun today. So I'm going to say Jesus is king and then you're going to say whatever. Are you ready? I'm watching you online. I know if you do it, okay? I want to hear you up on the balcony too. Jesus is king. Let's try that one more time. Jesus is king. Amen. Number two is just real simple. It's only polite is this. Okay, if I say I love you, you say? I love you. I love you. Hey man, it's so good to see you today. Ooh. Did you find Joshua 24, 15? We're gonna read this scripture. Most of you all are gonna know this verse. You might, might have it on your wall if you're a Christian. If you're, not a, if you're not a real Christian, you probably don't have this on your wall. I'm just playing. But I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I don't have it on my wall. But everybody knows this verse, but I want to give you a little bit of context. This is the end of Joshua's life. Joshua, big deal, um, he was the successor to Moses. How many of y'all know that that's a, those are big shoes to walk in? The guy who divided the, the, parted the Red Sea or God used him to do that, all these miracle stuff. Right, so Joshua takes over for him. I'm like, no thank you. Um, so Joshua takes over for him and kills it, does an incredible job, leads the Israelites into the promised land, all of that. And here we're kind of at the end of his life, and he says this. If it seems evil to you, he's talking to the Israelites, he's like standing on one side and the rest of everybody's on the other side. He says this, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, now watch this, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Ain't that good? How many of y'all know there comes a point where you have to choose for yourself whom you will serve? Whether the gods of your fathers, those worthless ones, the ones on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now here's the famous verse. 
Famous part of this verse. But as for me and my house, what does it say? We will serve the Lord. Ain't that good? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're in this series we're calling, that we've been talking about called Home Sweet Home. And today I want to talk to us about uh, there is hope for the home. But I want to point something out before we get into the word, before we get any further, is this. Joshua said, as for me and my house. And I love that because he started with himself. How many of y'all know if there's hope for our home, it, it starts with me? And that's what I need you to understand today is this right here, is that if it's to be, it starts with me. If it's to be, it starts with me. If there is hope for our home, guess what? It starts with me. If you're a teenager, guess what? It starts with you. If you're a mom, it starts with you. If you're a dad, it starts with you. If you're a grandpa or a grandma, if you're a mother-in-law or a father-in-law and you're living in the hope and you want to see the glory of God in that home, if it's to be, it starts with me. Before we can get to the household, we have to start with me. Father, I thank you today that there is hope for the home and you greatly desire to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in our homes. In fact, it should be in our homes most genuinely. And we give you glory. Holy Spirit, do your work in this place today. Take your perfect word through my imperfect lips lips to imperfect hearts, but accomplish your perfect work. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said... Amen. So I, I kind of grew up in church, like kind of, but like not really. Like when I say that is like, like I have a Spanish Catholic, Baptist, Church of Christ, kind of Pentecostal background, but here's how it would go for me. Sometimes we would get up in the morning and we lived about 30 minutes out of town. <laughs> and I told you, I've, I've, I grew up with my dad. And sometimes here's what would happen. We would be on the way to church. We would get almost to town and my dad would look over at me and be like, Hey son, would you rather just go to Walmart? And I was like, bet, yes, of course, I would rather do anything but go to church at that point in my life, right? And this is back when, I don't know if any of y'all are old enough to remember, or maybe I just remember because of the way I grew up. Do you remember when, when, when Walmart used to play full movies on the back in like the entertainment? Does anybody remember that? Like for me, guys, I grew up with no television, no, no, no phone. I grew up like, like Robinson Caruso, right? Like I grew up with nothing in my home, okay? And so when my dad took me to Walmart, what, what, what that meant was that he was going to put me in a cart and I was going to spill, sit at Walmart, and I was going to get to watch a movie. It was amazing. And then my dad would just kind of go right around the corner and he would get on the computer and he'd play solitaire. Does anybody else remember those days? I remember those days, okay? The reason I remember that is because he was like the best thing in the world. So sometimes we would go to church and other times we would just go to Walmart. That's how country I was, y'all. Like that was my entertainment. Where I grew up, it was like Walmart or nothing. Like, so, so we, we, go, we would go to church sometimes. And, and so because of that, the, uh, I never had a real relationship with God. I never really had one. I had a, I had a spot where if you'd have told me I believed, if you would have, if you, if you asked me if I believed in God, I was like 100%. I'll fight you over that Jesus is real, right? But I also was sinning a whole lot, right? I was, I was a heathen Christian, right? And so, if that's even possible, Campbell's like, not possible, dude. I'm going to correct you after this. But, uh, but I, I definitely wasn't living for the Lord. And, and then I remember one time I went to a Pentecostal church and I found a lot of people who were on fire for God. And man, I got on fire for God. I got on fire for God. But it was just a few months into my real walk with God. 
few months into this and we had a revival. Is anybody old enough around here? Maybe, maybe you've been around like a smaller church where we used to have revivals. Come on, does anybody remember that? We used to have, basically what that was is we had a week of services. You went to church Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thing. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, that sounds awesome. Some of you are like, that sounds brutal. But it was a blast. It was a great time, right? And we had this moment where we had this time where we were, we were I told you, it's Pentecostal church, and we, would, we were worshiping, and I remember it was about halfway through the revival, and I remember, man, we had had this moment where we were really worshiping God. I mean, like, really worshiping God. You know what I'm saying? When you hit that cut time, and you start doing, look what the Lord has done. Uh, uh, uh. You ain't ready. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He said, you know, I'll keep going. You all, you ain't ready for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all like, somebody was like, sing it more. And I was like, no, right? Uh, that's why my wife leads worship. <laughs> but I mean, we were having one of these moments, man. We were having one of these moments, man. We're worshiping God and we're praising God. And, and I went to that church where sometimes somebody would run. Has anybody ever been to a church where somebody starts running, right? Like that was the church I grew up in. I was like, somebody start running around and then the ushers, your job is just to keep them going in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? You're like, go this way. Because if somebody comes this way, you're like, no, 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 no. Stop, you got to go this way. Or we're about to have some big wrecks, right? Like that was the type of church I grew up in. This was the moment we were having. And I remember, man, like we were experiencing the presence of God and God was so real and we were just, just so on fire, man. I remember I, I drove home that night because I was like, gosh, why does this have to end? Come on, if you've never been in God's presence and you didn't want it to end, come on, y'all need to get there. You need to experience it. There's something about the presence of God where it's like, I just don't want it to end. I've got to be, I've got to get more of him. And it was one of these moments where I was like, ah, and it's the first time I experienced this. I'd never had anything like this before. I was like, yeah. So I'm like driving home, right? I'm driving home and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm about 30 minute drive home and I get home and I'm still like amped up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what to do with it. So I went into my room and, and at this point, uh, I didn't have a door that really closed, right? So I closed it and then I used my trapper keeper, you know, and I would push it up under, <laughs> I would like close it, you know? And I was like, I don't know what to do. So here's what I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is even legal, but I think I'm gonna try worshiping in my bedroom, right? Like this is, this is true. I'm, I'm not making this up. I was like, I don't know if this is legal. I don't know if I can do this at the house. I'm not sure, right? And so I, I had this moment where I'm like, all right, I closed my door with my trapper keeper and, and, and I put on some worship music and I was like, all right, cool. Well, let's just see what happens. And I put my hands up in the air and I begin to worship God and I begin to praise God and I begin to jump around, I begin to shout, I begin to do the, the whole like, I'm like, I'm just, whatever happened in church, I'm just repeating it. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus, you're amazing. That's amazing. I'll be going to worship and shout. Come on, somebody. Have you ever shouted in church? Woo! Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, a lot of you would be giants in the faith if you learned to shout. Anyway, so I started shouting and worshiping, praise God. Here's what happened. Here's a true story. The same presence of God that was in church, that same God met me in my bedroom. The same power, the same degree, the same God. And it hit me when, it, when the presence of God hit my bedroom. Here's a true story. I sat back and it was like this aha moment for me. Have you ever had an aha moment where something clicked, right? Like I, I, I told you, I did not grow up in church, so I didn't know this was legal or possible. And so I sat back and I was like, the same God that was in church wants to be in my home? And it wrecked me, y'all. Like from that point forward, I was like, oh, bet. 
right? And so I would get home from track practice, basketball practice, cross country practice. I would get home and I would just spend hours with God because it, was, it became something that I didn't know. Like, but you got to understand, my, my household was not good at this point in my life. It was very dark. And so God became a shelter and a refuge and a fortress for me. Come on, some of you are in dark situations. And I want to tell you right now that you can bring light to your dark home. You can bring hope to your hopeless home. You can bring love to your loveless home. You can bring faith to your faithless home if you'll spend time in the presence of God. And it just wrecked me. And that's what I want to talk to you about for just a few minutes because there's hope for the home if Jesus is in the home. Today, I'm not going to talk to you about like real practical things about like someone who was asking me like, what do I do about my kids? I'm like, I don't know what to do about your kids. It's not what I'm talking about, right? I want to talk to you about two very simple things. What I began to do from that point forward, and it's been 21 years ago, quick math, I was 17, now I'm 21, I'm 38. All right, cool. You did it. Some of you would be doing math real big, like one, two, <laughs> and I would lose you for the next like 10 minutes. But there's hope for the home when there's worship in the home. Remember, Joshua said, as for me and my house, if it's to be, it starts with me. Amen? Psalm 22 and 3 says this, but you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Some translations will, look at, will, will translate that, that you inhabit the praises of your people. Did you know that there is an atmosphere that God likes to be in? You can set an atmosphere that is attractive to God. You see, the reality is there is a thing called the omnipresence of God where he is everywhere all at once at the same time. But then there is the manifest presence of God where the king walks in the room and he shifts the atmosphere and he changes the situation and he convicts us of sin and we begin to walk with him. What we want is the manifest presence of God in our homes. But it won't happen just because you want to. There is a, I want to let you know, he is a king. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. And there is protocol for the king showing up. I, I, one time I was driving through Colorado Springs. And, and, and while I was driving through, there was, um, everything got shut down. And I found out that what happened was we sat there for like two hours. The whole interstate shut down. And what I found out later was that the president had landed. And he was on the way to the Air Force Academy. Did you know that there, if, if, if there's protocol for the president showing up, there is protocol for the king of kings and the lord of lords, the one who's our president's knee will bow to. And this tells us here because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That word praises is not just any praise, okay? Did you know that you can't just praise God how you want to and expect him to show up? You can praise him how you want to, but that doesn't mean he has to like it. I love you. But I'm just giving him my worship. Okay, cool. You can try to give that, but there is a worship that God likes. Okay? You can worship him and he'll honor it, he'll respect it, but there is one that he likes. In fact, this word tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. When you look at that word praises in the Hebrew, it's this word tequila. I did not say to somebody shouted because they thought I said tequila. <laughs> I'll just play it. It's tequila. This word tequila, do you know what it means? It means an expressive praise, an expressive worship. 
There's something about when we get expressive that God likes. You're like, well, it's not my personality. God did not say you don't give to Hila if you feel like it or if you're at eight on the Enneagram. He did not say go and find your strength finder and see if your strength is worship. He said he loves and wants to live in and will show up in Tehillah. Listen, if we want God in our home, we've got to learn to give God some Tehillah. You want to know what Tehillah is? I'm going to explain it to you. Go to 2 Samuel 6. I'm going to show you a picture of Tehillah. i got to go the right direction. Woo! You got, got, got your Bibles? This story, let me give you a quick context real quick. This is King David. Earlier, the Philistines had defeated the Israelites. They took the Ark of the Covenant, which is this box that represented the presence of God. Okay? So the Philistines took the box that represented the presence of God. It didn't go well for them. So they sent it back, and it landed in Obed-Edom's house. Okay? Landed in Obed-Edom's house. And King David said, I want God's presence in my home. So if you go read the whole chapter, they make one mistake, and then uh, Israel or, or David gets a little freaked out. And he tries again, okay? He tries again. And here's what's happening, okay? And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord, which represents what? The presence of God, had gone six paces. Somebody say six. That he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then watch this. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and he was wearing a linen ephod. Let me break this down for you because you may not have read it like I read it, okay? My mind said that when I read this thing, the first thing that, brought, that, that, that jumped in my mind is said, how far is it from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David? Well, I did some research. Do you know how far it is? 3.1 miles. Some of you might know that number because that is a 5K. It's a 5K. That's a long ways before vehicles, okay? So let me break this down to you. The Bible says for a 5K, they would go six steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. Boom, offering. An oxen, fatted sheep, right? They would do it again. One, two, three, four, five, six. Boom, another offering for a 5K. First of all, can I point out how much money was left out on this trail? Yeah, these are the modern day vehicles. These are the modern day workhorses. These are the things that they needed to live. And David was offering a sacrifice every six steps. I also did some more math, okay? Do you know how many sacrifices that was for a 5K if we went every six paces? 909. 909 times, every six paces. I'm trying to show you what tequila is. Not only was it 909 offerings, but the Bible says, what was David doing? He was dancing before the Lord. Some of y'all can't hardly even walk a 5K, let alone run a 5K. And here's David. He's dancing for a 5K. And he's saying, Lord, you're worthy of it all. And he's shouting and he's lifting his voice. And he's saying, you're the king of kings and you're the Lord of lords. I would do more for you if I could. You're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Kill something. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're good, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And he began to worship God like that. 
That's Tehillah. Listen, I have found out that the level of my praise is directly correlated to realizing how much Jesus has done for me. Don't judge, don't, come on, don't judge my praise until you've understood my pain. Come on, don't, don't judge, don't judge me if I'm up here worshiping the Lord for a second because I know how, who I could have been, I know who I would have been, and I know who I should have been, but look what the Lord has. I should have been a divorced alcoholic right now, but I'm here walking with the Lord. I don't deserve this, but I'm gonna thank him for it. Come on, somebody. You need to learn to begin to begin to lift your voice and say, God, I'm grateful. Everything may not be exactly what, like I want it to be, but I'm grateful that I'm here. I may not have everything I want, but I'm grateful that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I get to live with the kingdom come. His will be done. Yay! Yay! We're going to practice here. Psalm, Psalm 150. One through six in the Passion Translation. Every time you see the word praise, I want you to praise. Can we do that? Can we do that? Psalm 50, 151 through six. You better be ready. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I don't know y'all ready. I don't know that we worship the same God. I don't know that you've seen Jesus like I've seen Jesus. If you're not impressed with him, you have not seen him lately. Come on, somebody. I'm impressed with Jesus. Jesus is impressive. I'm grateful that my sin was forgiven. The only one who could take that cross for me, the only one that could shed the perfect blood for me, that my sin would be forgiven and that we can walk with God in true righteousness and holiness, that he would make us new creatures in Christ Jesus, the old gone, the new here. Somebody needs to give God some praise for that today. Y'all giving God golf claps. I love you. Sometimes I wonder if I'm at church or the golf course. Amen. God is good. I'm ready. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his holy sanctuary. Praise him in his stronghold in the sky. Praise him for his mighty miracles. Oh, y'all are slowing down. I need you to ramp up. Praise him for his magnificent grace. Praise him with trumpets. Praise him with piano and guitar. Praise him with drums and dancing, praise him. With loud cymbals, praise him. With high sounding cymbals, let everyone everywhere join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh. Hallelujah, 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 yeah. Come on. You can sit down here for a second. Calm down, okay? <laughs> We're just having fun. That's all we're doing. You're starting to understand the greatness of our God. If we want him, his presence in our home, then we must give him some tequila, some ecstatic praise. There's hope for the home when there's worship in the home. 
Um, uh, yeah, I got to keep going. I just I preached the mess out of that. All right. There's hope for home when the word is in the home. There's hope for the home when there's, the word is in the home. It's, if it's to be, it starts with me. Remember Joshua said, as for me. Right? So not only are we bringing wor- the worship, but we got to bring the word. Matthew 7. I'm going to find it. Matthew 7, 21. Amen. Bless the Lord. I love you. I like turning my paper Bible. You need to bring your Bibles to church, y'all. Make sure this thing is messed up. All right. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But what? But he who does the will. What is the will? You see, sometimes we're looking at that going, what is God's, what is God's will for my life? What has he called me to do? I can tell you right now it's right here. Some of us were so concerned about God's concealed will that we're, and we're not walking his revealed will and we're wondering why things aren't lining up. If you want to know the will of God for your life, start reading this book and doing it. Amen. Amen. Many of you will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Isn't this crazy? This, this, this scripture scares me. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, practice, you who practice lawlessness. You know what that word lawless means? lawlessness, you know what it just means? It just basically means you did a lot of good things, but you did it your way. You can do a lot of good things and still not have submission. You can, have, you can do a lot of good things and still not have lordship. Amen? So you don't, this ain't Burger King, baby. You don't get it your way. Amen. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Come on, somebody. Who built his house on the rock. Whoo. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. Because when the rain comes, and it's coming. Come on, do I have any saints in here that can testify that the rain came? The floods came, the winds blew, and it beat on the house. And what happened? It did not fall. Why? Because it was built on the rock. But then there are those. They hear these sayings of mine, and they don't do them. Like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the wind, the floods came, the winds blew, it beat on the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. If there's hope for the home, it's because there's the word of God in the home. I don't, I don't know about about y'all. Maybe somebody can testify in here, but I've tested this word. I have tried this word. I have lived by this word for 21 years, and God has never one time let me down. He is not a man that he should lie. His word is faithful. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will last forever. I want to tell you something about our God that we serve. He is a God of his word. If he says it, I believe it. And that settles that God is a God of his word. You can stand on the word of God. You see, sometimes the reason our life is falling apart and it can be falling apart. Hell's coming. Guess what? The wind's coming. The rain's coming. The flood's coming. But if you'll put that word down and you begin to stand on the word of God and say, I don't care hell or high water. I'm not moving. I don't care what happens around me. I built my life on the word. I believe him. I trust him. His word is truth. Let every man be a liar, but God true. There is hope for our home. It's because we stand on the word of God. We must have the word of God central in our homes. Y'all, I've tested this word and it works. Some people will say, I tried it. And I'm like, no, 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 baby. You did not try faith. Faith tried you and you didn't last. Yeah, amen. 
I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I, I, when I stand before Jesus, I'm going to have stood on this word. And if there's hope for our home, it's because we have an enduring faith and we stand upon the word of God. The greatest things in my life have happened centering around the word of God. One of my children was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues because I brought the, I brought the Bible to the dinner table. We weren't even trying, and yet just a hunger became. And now, if you're trying to say, I'm, just, I'm not trying to project that I do this all right. Y'all, I'm in an incredibly busy season. I can't remember the last time we really sat down and had dinner where somebody wasn't. Plus, I have an eight-year-old daughter, so, you know, getting her to sit at the table, that's fun. Right? I'm not trying to project that I've always done this right, and I'm doing it great. But I will tell you this right here. If we're going to be people of the Word, what's very critical and very important is this right here, is that we, we honor the Word, we love the Word, we live by the Word but we don't do it out of re religiosity. We don't do it out of strictness in the sense of where we have no life. In fact, the Bible says that the, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Jesus said that my words are life. They are spirit and they are life. A home founded on the word will have lots of life. A church full of the word of God will have lots of life. Jesus said, let the children come unto me. What is he saying? He said, let the children come to the word. They're coming to life. Coming to life. Uh, it's really sad to me, and I, I'm, I'm kind of landing this plane. It's really sad to me. Sometimes we'll go out street preaching and specifically college campuses. And every single time I've went out, the person that has argued with us, like really argued, really created a scene, was really obnoxious. Every time, listen. When we pulled them aside later and had a conversation with them, you know what has happened? This is a true story. I'm not making this up. Every time it has been somebody that grew up either a pastor's kids, missionary kid, or a very strict Christian home that was based very legalistic around the word. Every time. And I could tell you stories that's just ugly stuff happening because legalism will never draw people to Christ. Remember, Jesus is life. There's hope for the home when there's worship in the home. If it's to be, it starts with me. Um, my years as a youth pastor taught me something about culture that I can't, I can't overcome in one hour a bad culture at the house. I would have parents call me, this is true, parents call me, I knew their house was, they were not living for Jesus in their home. They were coming to church, but they're, right? He was staying there. Um, and they would, come to, they would come to me and say, Cody, fix my kid. And I would just look at them and I would say, I will do everything I can. But if you don't fix the culture in your home, I can't do a whole lot. I've got them for one hour a week. What do you want me to do, right? So I would try, but it almost never worked. Because I found out, just like in business, it's impossible to overcome a bad culture. Impossible. It's impossible. One of the worst things we can do is try to, is try to project Jesus on our, on our homes and it not correlate from church to the house. If it's gonna be, the presence of God is gonna be in our homes and if we want the, the, the next generation to catch it, because the Bible says from generation to generation he is God. In fact, the Bible says that he chose, God literally says that he chose Abraham because he would teach his children. Isn't that crazy? He literally chose him because he would teach his children. If we're going to 
have the word of God in our home, then it starts with me. I have to be genuinely walking with God. I don't have to be perfect. Guess what? If I mess up, guess what? Please forgive me. Please forgive me. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to genuinely be walking with God. Well, this next generation, guess what? They will not catch it. I love you. I was, uh, this literally happened and I'm done. This literally happened yesterday. <laughs> Small group leaders, would you come forward? We're gonna have a moment of prayer together. Um, in fact, would everybody go ahead and stand on your feet? I'm, I'm, I told you I'm landing the plane, which is true this time. This literally happened yesterday though. Uh, my wife is out of town, so pray for my children, okay? Pray for my children. <laughs> Judah yesterday, my, so I had Noah, Judah, and Eden. Judah yesterday said, Dad, I want some French toast. And so I made French toast, but check this out, so check this out. I made French toast, okay? What you don't see there, let's, this is the thing, okay? To clarify, I did not do this. My, I did everything right-ish, okay? What you're seeing here is I made French toast for Noah and he came and he ate one. He got the sugar out, all of that, and he put it on his French toast and he ate one and left. And he's like, that was okay, dad, thank you. Judah ate half of one and was like, I'm good. So then I'm making Edie's, Eden. And when I did that, I took the knife that was in the, in the sugar, right? Because you put powdered sugar on French toast. I took the knife and I put some on Eden's and then I did what every dad does, lick the, the knife. And when I licked the knife, I, the, the butter knife, y'all, you guys look at me like I licked a knife. Like I had somebody like, right? I licked it and when I licked it, I discovered something. I was like, that's not sugar. So what happened was, ladies, first of all, help us out, put some labels, okay? <laughs> On our counter, it goes, apparently, I didn't know this. I didn't do this though, Noah did this, okay? Just so you know, Noah's the one that did this and ate a whole French toast, just point that out. <laughs> and then Judah ate half of one and I'm like, and then I told Judah, I said, son, that's flour. And he's like, eh, and took another bite and I was like, son, <laughs> come on, bro. But apparently, like, like for us, so what we have, we have sugar, flour. No, no, we have sugar, the other sugar, the French toast sugar, and then we have the flour. And, and here's what I found out. I was like, Noah put so much syrup on that that he didn't really notice. <laughs> but here's my point. Doesn't matter how much you soak something. You can't put enough syrup on French toast to call that sugar. You can't put enough religious language to bring the presence of God in your home. You can't go to church enough. You can't call yourself a Christian enough. If God isn't real to you in your home, it does not matter how much you try to smother your life with religious language. It still ain't real. That ain't really Jesus. And sometimes that's been the gap in our home. 
why our children have said, nah, because we're trying to smother religious language over our anger when we don't repent. Come on, they see the sin. Come on, they see the anger. They see the outbursts. They see the arguments. They see these things. And I'm not saying you're not without hope, but I need you to repent and turn to Jesus and actually live for God. I'm not saying, if you, I'm not saying that if you've done it, it's beyond repair. But what I am saying is that you need to have a real relationship with God. You need to really worship and you need to really praise God and you need to really gather around the word. You, I'm not telling you to bring your children in right away to this. I'm telling you, you gather around the word of God yourself. Read it publicly, read it at the word. Let them catch you worshiping. I'm gonna show this one picture and I'm done, okay, I promise. I promise, then I'm gonna, we're gonna pray. Um, 2020 offered a lot of, lot of craziness, right? But it, one thing it did do, it put me at home a lot more. And I'm, once again, I'm not trying to say I do this right. This has happened once why I took a picture, okay? But I had this picture of Eden where, where I was down worshiping one day. And uh, I was down on my, on my face before the Lord. I don't know if you guys can find it. And, and Eden, that's Eden, my daughter. And she's laying on my back. And I only show that picture because she caught me worshiping. And she decided to join me and hang out with me. I want to create a culture where our children in our, our homes are so full of the presence of God that they can catch us worshiping. They catch us in the word. And listen, if they do, invite them in. The worst thing you can do in the world, and I'm just talking to kid parents for just a second, is for you to go, well, dad's having his personal time. Don't do that. Invite them into the moment. Invite them into your prayer moment. Invite them into the Let them catch you worshiping. Let them catch you gathering around the word. Faith is taught, but it's also caught. You understand that? Let's let them catch. So there's, there's, but we've got to have a real relationship with Jesus. If you're in this place today for just a second, I just want you to just keep your heads up and look at me for a second. You say, hey, I, I need to do better. Today, I, I need to do better about setting the presence of God and the word of God in my home. On the count of three, just raise your hand and just wave it at me. One, two, three. Come on, wave it. I see hands coming in the back, all the front. Awesome. That's great. I see you, anybody up in the balcony. We have people that can pray with you up in the balcony. If, if not, I'll just get a couple small group leaders up that direction, but kind of that's a long walk, but we want to pray with you. I have small group leaders. There's something about, there's, the Bible says in, in James 5, 16, to pray for one another that you may be healed because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working in the Amplified Version. Something about agreeing together, that's a big deal. So we're going to worship here in just a second, and I want you to come forward. If you, if you raise your hand and say, I need to set the presence of God, come confess to a brother, a sister, and be like, I'm going to do better at this. I'm going to do better and pray together and agree together and rejoice together and weep together and laugh together. Come on, begin to make your way up even now. But there's another group of people I want to talk to. Come on, you can make your way up. There's another group of people I want to talk to. You see, you need the presence of God. You see, for me, my, my, my relationship with God started at the house. But what you got to realize is my, my life was very, very dark in that moment. There was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of things happening in my home that was very, very dark. And God became my refuge and he became my fortress. And I came to him because he was my only hope and he was my only chance 
Some of you, you are far from God and you need to come to God today. I'm telling you, you're in situations that you need God. You're in problems where you need God. You are far from Him and I'm telling you that He can be your refuge. If you're in this place today and you're far from God and you want to say yes to Jesus to make Him Lord of your life, on the count of three, I just want you to throw your hand up. One, two, three. Come on, you're far from God today, but you need to come to Him. Come on. Come on, throw your hand up. I see hands. Come on, I see hands in the back, back here. Come on. Church, can we just begin to praise God for this right now? Give Him a shout of praise in here. Come on, you're far from God. We're going to worship together, but I'm going to pray. If you raise your hand, come up here and pray with somebody. We need to know that you said yes to Jesus today. Father, thank you for drawing us in. Thank you for drawing people home today. God, thank you for ministering to people online in their homes. God, may you live in our homes in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.